As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Grown Up Stuff. Grown Up Stuff. Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, co-editor-in-chief of Variety. Today my guest is Rick Caruso. Caruso is a prominent real estate developer who is in the final weeks of a hard-fought campaign against Congresswoman Karen Bass as both seek to become the next mayor of Los Angeles. Bass has represented Los Angeles in Congress for the past decade and she's had a long history in Los Angeles and California politics. Bass has an open invitation to appear on Strictly Business, but the candidate was not able to make it work for this episode by our deadline. Here, Caruso outlines his view of how entertainment intersects with the Los Angeles economy, and we talk at length about the city's existential humanitarian crisis. Growing ranks of the unhoused on the streets of Los Angeles has created an urban nightmare for civic leaders and residents alike. Caruso and I spoke on October 7th in his office overlooking the Grove Shopping Center in the Fairfax District. That's all coming up after the break. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. 
If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. We're back with season two of the podcast, which means more opportunities to glow up and become a more responsible and better adult, one life lesson at a time. And let me just tell you, this show is just as much for us as it is for you. So let's figure this stuff out together. This season, we're going to talk about whether or not we're financially and emotionally ready for dog ownership. We're going to figure out the benefits of a high-yield savings account. And what exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party? All that, plus so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. with L.A. mayoral candidate Rick Caruso. Rick, you're an L.A. native. I don't have to tell you how important entertainment is to the whole Southern California economy, let alone the state's economy. As you are running for mayor, how do you, how do you assess the entertainment economy? What's the good, what's the bad for, the, for L.A.'s entertainment industry economy? Well, you know, there's a couple things. Um, one is what's critically important to me is that when people think of L.A. from outside of the United States and even outside of Los Angeles, they think of Hollywood. And a vibrant Hollywood is incredibly important to the vibrancy of the economy of Los Angeles. It's also incredibly important to the branding of Los Angeles. This is a land where dreams come true. And Hollywood is the place that literally makes dreams come true and transports people to better times. Uh, you know, through the power of, of movies and film and, and everything else. We need to do a better job in this city, and I'm committed to as mayor, to keep the content creation uh, in the city of Los Angeles. We're losing way too much uh, outside of the city, but it's also the creating the jobs here in the city of Los Angeles and not losing that to neighboring cities or cities across the country. Um, the future of L.A. is tied to the future of the entertainment industry. And uh, I'm going to work hard to make sure we, we bring it back here, bring it home. As a developer, as a, as a developer of prominent spots like the Grove, the Americana in Glendale, you have always been known for incorporating entertainment, a little show business. Can you talk about sort of what, why that was important to you and what you've learned about how the entertainment industry works from your interactions and your relationships with Hollywood? It's a great question because... And I spoke about this earlier today, actually, at a Hollywood Chamber of Commerce meeting. <laughs> what people may not know is that very early on, I was inspired by everything that was happening in Hollywood and the creation of the movies and how they made the sets look and all of those things. And I actually hired a set designer for one of my projects out at the Commons of Calabasas. Um, because the set designers, uh, they've got the job to make things look real on film, right? Um, and so... It's always been an inspiration to me, and in every project that we do, we want it to feel like it's a place that you're transported to a better place, that you can be happy here. You're obviously safe in our properties. They're clean, they're enjoyable. Our 
job is defined as enriching lives, which give us a permission to do a whole bunch of things. And part of the whole bunch of things that we do is entertainment at nights and the bands and having great movies here and movies up in the park uh, at the Grove and the Americana. We've had it also at the Palisades and movies up at the top of the parking structure. I mean, even when COVID hit, because you couldn't go to a movie theater, we did drive-in movies on top of the parking structure. And it was just a great escape, you know, for people during the middle of the pandemic. So I watch closely what Hollywood does and I, I borrow from that. But I believe that every one of our properties needs to be entertaining. Not an entertainment center, but entertaining. And we design and operate with that lens. Do you have, are there people at either big companies or, or individuals, prominent people in Hollywood that you feel like you have strong relationships with? Feel like mm. give, you an in, give you insight into the business? How the business oh, is ticking? yeah. I mean, listen, I've got, you know, long friendships with Brian Lord and uh, Bob Iger and uh, uh, Jim Janopoulos, you know, that uh, I just love talking to and, and uh, we share a lot of ideas and go back and forth. There's a long list of mm -hmm. people in the entertainment industry on the executive side and also on the talent side. Um, and, you know, they're, they're inspiring to me. And uh, I think about you know, what they have to do every day and what they did do as they were running studios or in the talent world um, have to be super creative and thinking outside the box. And that's what I like being around is people that think outside the box every day and solving solutions. And that's, you know, frankly, the approach I'm going to take as mayor. We've we've been doing a lot of the same things and they're not going well. And um, it's really about thinking new and innovative, being creative. Um, and having a different approach to the problems that we need to solve. Have you given much thought to how, you know, part of your role, obviously, it, or were you to be elected mayor, part of your role as being an ambassador is selling Los Angeles? Yeah. Have you given a sense of how you would use the incredible creative economy here as a selling tool for Los Angeles outside of, outside of California? Well, I do believe that the mayor of Los Angeles has to be a cheerleader for Los Angeles and use every tool they have in their toolbox in order to do that. And the entertainment industry is fascinating to people, right? It's there's a it's, lot of interest. Yes, <laughs> there's a lot of interest because it's it's magic land and it's the creation of magic and people want to be a part of that. And of course, I'm going to do that and pull in not only the talent, but pull in the creative people the above the line, below the line to attract other businesses to come here and be part of it. You know, this is what I'm, one of the things I'm so excited about is we get the entertainment industry heading in the right direction where more is happening in Los Angeles. It just builds the economy, create jobs, again, below and bo the line and above the line. Mm -hmm. New development goes on, more housing happens, right? And the lure, as you said, of Hollywood is really powerful. And uh, that's a lure that speaks to every country around the world and I'm gonna use it to my best ability, I promise. <laughs> but I do wanna be a cheerleader. I think that's gonna be a real fun part of the job. Um, Hollywood too, drilling down specifically, Hollywood is kind of the 
ultimate, the original gig economy. It's a place where a lot of people, certainly creative talent, work very much on a project by project basis, yeah. on a freelance basis in many cases. I, in my own case, my own small, humble, some freelance writing efforts have dealt with the, let's call it annoyance of having, you know, like city business taxes come out of the woodwork. In terms of people that work in freelance project by project basis, many live outside of the city of LA because the taxes, they kind of nibble and death nibble them to death in terms of city taxes, in, in addition to other taxes that yeah. are obviously taxed on, on freelance kind of revenue. But have you given any thought to the gig economy uh, issues that affect more than entertainment, but do affect a large people in entertainment. Are there reforms there that could make this just a little more business friendly place to do business and live in, in Los Angeles if you're in the creative economy? I, I've given a lot of thought to it, and I actually, you know, live with it very close. Uh, I have four children, and uh, one of my sons is in the movie business. He's a director and a writer, mm -hmm. so I understand that. And one of my other sons is in the music business where he's a writer and a performer. And we do talk about this. It's crazy to me what Los Angeles has done because we have over-regulated and overtaxed people to the point that they have moved out of Los Angeles. And all they have to do is move next door to Culver City or go to Glendale. They don't have to go far away. The city of Los Angeles in any city is a competitive business. And we have to be competitive. We can't be uh, unduly taxed here and expect people wanting to stay here or unduly regulated and expect people wanting to stay here. And I'll give you the best example, which really frustrates me. You know, we went to, uh, we mean the city of Los Angeles, went to Netflix, Ted Sarantos to build his headquarters here. And my God, did he. Beautiful building right in Hollywood. Yeah, the, the biggest burst of it economic activity to come to Hollywood in many years. In many years, one of the most prolific recognized studios, content creators, right? Made an investment here. We lose Apple to Culver City. Now, if I would have been mayor of Los Angeles, I would have been flying up and meeting with Tim Cook and just say, tell me what it's gonna take to be in LA. But what did we do to Ted? We then have his headquarters surrounded by encampments, right? And crime to the point that he has to ask his, um, his employees to take out their shoes because there's so much waste on the sidewalks when they walk in the door. It's just, it's just unbelievable. We need to do a better job as a city, not only attracting business to stay here, but protecting business to stay here. And that's if you're in a small business, a gig economy as you call it, or if you're in a big business, right? Because all of it adds up and it has a multiplier effect. And what I want is this very vocal campaign, LA's the place to do business. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more from Los Angeles mayoral candidate, Rick Caruso. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Snakes, 
Zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. We're back with season two of the podcast, which means more opportunities to glow up and become a more responsible and better adult, one life lesson at a time. And let me just tell you, this show is just as much for us as it is for you. So let's figure this stuff out together. This season, we're going to talk about whether or not we're financially and emotionally ready for dog ownership. We're going to figure out the benefits of a high yield savings account. And what exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party? All that plus so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. back with more from Los Angeles mayoral candidate Rick Caruso. Just in general, as you assess the business climate in Los Angeles, what do you think, what do you think are outside of the entertainment business? What do you think are like, you know, two, three things that you think that you can do on, if not day one, month one, that would make a difference? Well, I'm worried about the business climate in Los Angeles, especially as we're in a, a global climate, certainly in the United States, where we have inflation. Uh, we have the fear of a recession coming, whether it's big or small, it appears that it's coming. Um, you know, everything is more expensive. Uh, profits are squeezed if you have a big business or a small business. Certainly tougher for people to live. Affordability is an issue. So I am worried about it. And that's why somebody with a business background coming into the mayor's office is important to be able to understand these kind of issues. What I can do about it is certainly on the small business side, I want to reduce the cost of doing business in the city. Um, the fees and the costs are way too high. The regulation, as we talked about, is way too much. Um, it is uh, an impediment for somebody to grow their business. I want people to invest back in their companies, hiring, creating jobs, and growing their businesses here. Uh, I started uh, as a small business with one employee, so I know what it takes to operate a small business. I know what it takes now to operate a big business. So I'm in tune with those things. I did a business bill of rights, small business bill of rights. 90% of the businesses in Los Angeles are small businesses. We need to support them. We need to streamline things. We also need to find creative ways to provide loans for small businesses to grow in the city of Los Angeles, which I believe we can do with the full faith and credit of the balance sheet of the city without the city taking any risk. And so, Again, from a creative standpoint and from a business person standpoint, I deal with those challenges every day. I know what we need to unbundle. Also having an office within the mayor's office that is just focusing on supporting and helping small businesses, getting permits, getting entitlements, being able to grow in a streamlined fashion, having an advocate, and most importantly is a culture change where you throw the doors open at City Hall and say, you are welcome in the city. 
big or small or medium-sized businesses, tell us how we can help you. There's so many multiple layers of what needs to be done in terms of clean and safe transit so people can move around this city and build a business. Reduction of crime, reduction of homelessness, affordability, building apartments and homes that actually people can afford to buy so they can live in the city as they're growing their business in the city. So I could go on and on. It's a long list, but I'm excited about tackling it. You have, you clearly have the business perspective of doing business in Los Angeles and in, in the region. You have that perspective. To those who would say you don't have the public policy background, you don't have, you don't have the experience of the skills to, to get policy through, to work with other policymakers. To, to those that would say you don't have those qualifications, what would you say to that? I would say that they're incorrect because I've served under three mayors. I served under Tom Bradley when I was 26 years old. I was the youngest commissioner in the, the history of the city. Uh, worked very closely with Tom Bradley. He was a mentor of mine um, and ran DWP, president of Department of Water and Power. Uh, I was then asked by Dick Reardon as mayor to go back to DWP during the times of deregulation when the department was threatened in terms of going bankrupt and turn the department around very much involved with policy, riparian policy, and power policy. We build power plants. We retool power plants to make them green. I've been through that process. I settled the water rights issue with Inyo County that was a longstanding lawsuit for decades and decades uh, with Supervisor Campbell up there that nobody else could cut through, and he and I found a way to settle that, which was a meaningful, positive thing for the environment uh, and also for water rights to the city and to Inyo County. Always an important thing around here. It, well, you know, I was dealing with environmental issues long before they were popular um, and running DWP, and I'm proud of my track record there with Tom Bradley. And, and taking out coal-burning plants from the basin of Los Angeles happened under my leadership with Mayor Bradley. Uh, we need to convert those again, I believe, to hydrogen. We converted them to gas. Now we have hydrogen technology which is being tested in Intermountain Power Project, which was built while I was a president of DWP. Um, and I'm hopeful that we can now convert to hydrogen. That would be a priority of mine. Uh, water rights, critically important uh, in the basin here. Um, and then also, you know, I served under Jim Hunt as president of Los Angeles Police Department. Uh, reformed it, brought in Bill Bratton, viewed as the best chief in the country, dropped crime by 30%. Uh, instituted community policing, great respect for every community in Los Angeles, a lot of good preventive measures that dropped uh, crime in Los Angeles to levels not seen since 1950. There is no more pressing issue, and I say that as a native. It's true. In deciding to run for mayor, you must have done your own analysis as to what went wrong in order to figure out how you can make it, how you can help make it better. There's no magic wands here, but how, how what process can be made better? So let me start by asking you, what do you think went wrong over the last three years or so to what to see what we see now today in neighborhoods where people could not have imagined four years ago seeing what we see now regularly. Yeah. Well, as we all know, what's happening out there on the streets is inhumane, and it is heartbreaking uh, to see men and women and families now living on the streets and dying on the streets. It angers me, uh, quite frankly. It's one of the reasons I'm running is to fix that problem. What went wrong is, um, frankly, 
we did not have good decision makers. Our elected leaders failed to make good, strong, and compassionate decisions. They were misguided. Uh, they were doing, frankly, what I think was viewed as politically correct rather than doing what was right. Uh, we failed to build enough housing in California and Los Angeles. Uh, we have failed to give the right services to those who have fallen on the street and allow them to live a life um, that is just as inhumane as it can be. And uh, we have listened to a lot of people, uh, honestly, that believe they're doing the right thing for people living on the streets, but they're not. Because every study that I have read and every city that I have looked at, just like anybody in business would look at or operating a, an enterprise, you look to best practices. What's working? And what works is bringing people off the street, uh, giving them safety, shelter, warmth, meeting them where they are, don't judge them, build trust, and then give them services, mental health care services, drug addiction services, retraining. What we've been doing is providing those services on the street without housing them. And all you're doing is it's a cycle that you're going through. And it's three times more costly to do that. So we could actually treat three times the amount of people for the same amount of money if we bring them in and give them shelter. And that's what every successful city has done. I flew back to New York just to meet with Eric Adams because New York is housing 96% of their homeless. LA City, 30%. Shame on our elected officials for allowing that to happen. And the problem is growing. We're not regulating the sale of drugs on the street. We're over-impacting our police. We're over-impacting fire and paramedics to exhaustion. And we're impacting every community in just in terms of operating a business or running a family where you wanna have a sense of safety um, and your area to be livable. So this is the number one issue that I'm gonna deal with on day one. Based on what I've seen out there, it is absolutely solvable if somebody is willing to make very humane, tough and smart decisions. You've said that you would declare a state of emergency on day one. What are some of the things, what are some of the things that you could do on day one, week one, month one to make a difference? Well, declaring a state of emergency is important because I believe in accountability and uh, I, want to I want to be held accountable and have the opportunity and the authority to start fixing uh, the homeless problem. Right now, the decision making is between 15 different council members who are doing things 15 different ways. It's one of the reasons it's only getting worse. It's not getting better. So state of emergency and then quickly start building shelter, building nice areas for them to come in off the street, hire 500 caseworkers. So we're giving the psychiatric care, we're giving the drug addiction care, we're giving retraining opportunities. We're following exactly what's happening with great organizations uh, like People's Concern, which is on Skid Row, also in Santa Monica. Their success rate, once they give shelter and services, is 94% do not go back to homelessness. 94%. You do not have to be a rocket scientist to say, let's start duplicating what's working. Downtown Women's Center serve 5,000 people a year. I've spent time with them. Incredible work. 
And I don't think people realize, because I didn't, 13,000 women tonight will go to sleep on the streets. Think about that, 13,000. And the people at Downtown Women's Center said, far majority will get assaulted. That all, they're just trying to be safe through the night. It, what a terrible, tragic way to let people live, right? And so they're doing God's work incredibly successfully. Let's duplicate that. How do you pay for it? We're spending a billion a year right now. LA City alone is spending a billion a year and the problem continues to get worse. You reallocate the dollars to programming that works. You do an audit. We are spending taxpayer dollars on average of $700,000 per unit to build a housing unit for the homeless. They could be built for 60,000 a unit at Boxable out of Las Vegas with innovation on building techniques. The system is broken and the people within the system will continue to do the same old thing and the problems will continue to get worse. And that really is the clear difference in this election, is having somebody come in from the outside, new, fresh ideas, bold ideas. LA Times said Caruso's plan is bold. They said Karen Bass's plan is unambitious. I think that says it all. We've got people dying. It's time for a change and doing things differently. And the, the frustrating thing is the solutions are out there to be embraced. Let's go embrace them. What would you like to, is there something about who you are, why you're running, something you'd like to leave listeners with? Why, why you want this job? I want this job because this is the city that I love. It's the city that uh, Tina and I have raised our family, our four children here. It was the city that allowed me to have the American dream. It's the city that my grandparents immigrated to in Boyle Heights. And as modest as they were, my grandfather was a gardener. Um, their dream came true in the city of LA. I want to work hard for a dollar a year and give back so more people in this city, their American dream can come true. And I'm confident I can help and I want the opportunity to help and do it in the most caring, loving, and dedicated ways. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. We love to hear from listeners. Please go to Variety.com and sign up for the free Strictly Business newsletter. And don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Grown Up Stuff. Grown Up Stuff.
Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app.